Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877 877-381-3811. The president putting it to China again, and I'm all for it. You know, I'm not a uh, a tariff guy. I know the president is. He knows I'm not. We've had this discussion over many, many years, he and I and us, except when it comes to China. Because for me, it's not even an economic issue with China. It's a national security issue. I say the same thing over and over and over again. I don't know where we get this idea that you and I don't pay tariffs, it's a tax, that somehow these other countries do, but no, we do. But I'm really not interested in getting into that for the thousandth time. China is a very, very dangerous country. And my guest on Sunday night on Life, Liberty, and Levin is a brilliant, brilliant man, absolutely intriguing, Neil Ferguson. And um, he's a historian, he's uh, just a brilliant man. We're going to spend some time talking about this. And by the way, my guests on the Saturday night show, Attorneys General Meese and Mukasey on on Mueller. So it's it's a hell of a weekend coming up on Life, Liberty, and Levin Saturday and Sunday this weekend on Fox. Now, I want to get back to China. One of the things that's not discussed is who is responsible. What administration is responsible for empowering China initially to get the technology it needed to fire off missiles and to merv their missiles. Now we know they just steal technology and they steal our technology and then and then them build upon it. But it wasn't always that way. Were they stealing? Yes. But I, as usual, I did additional research because I remembered this from the Clinton administration. From 1998. And then I looked up the Congressional Research Service, which is a fairly straightforward operation. It's part of the Library of Congress, actually. And they did a report on this, and the summary is as follows. Congress has been concerned, again, 98, about whether U.S. firms and activities connected with exporting satellites provided expertise to China for use in its ballistic missile and, sp- <coughs> and space programs, and whether U.S. policy has facilitated transfers of military-related technology to China. Some critics opposed satellite exports to China, while others were concerned that the Clinton administration relaxed export controls and monitoring of commercial satellites and moving the licensing authority from the State Department to the Commerce Department in 1996. Now, those of you who may not know, the more sophisticated technologies are supposed to be reviewed by a special unit at the Department of State. 
The Commerce Department's interested in commerce. There's a unit there, too. But the standards are much, much more liberal, much more relaxed. And so the Clinton administration moved the review of these various exports from the State Department to the Commerce Department. A range of concerns were prompted by New York Times reports in April 1998 that the Justice Department began a criminal investigation into whether Loral Space and Communications LTD, ring a bell, and Hughes Electronics Corporation violated export control laws. The firms allegedly shared their findings with China on the cause of a rocket's explosion while launching a U.S. origin satellite in February 1996. The companies reportedly provided expertise that China could use to improve the accuracy and reliability of its future ballistic missiles, including their guidance systems. At least three classified studies reportedly found that the U.S. national security was harmed. Congress and the executive branch also investigated Hughes' review of China's launch failure of January 1995. After failed satellite launches in 92, 95, and 96, China has reported 28 consecutive successful commercial and government military space launches. In 2000, the State Department and Lockheed Martin agreed to a settlement with a fine of $13 million. In 2002, Loral announced a civil settlement with a fine of $20 million. In early 2003, Hughes and Boeing agreed to a civil penalty of $32 million. And you'll remember, ladies and gentlemen, the chairman of the board of at least one of these companies was a big Bill Clinton supporter, and they gave significant support to his campaign. Significant support to his campaign. Remember all this? Chinese couldn't get a rocket off the ground 20 years ago. Clinton administration. Ladies and gentlemen, this is another massive scandal. The Chinese government, through its military and other operations, its state-owned corporations, have had enormous influence on the Clintons, who are the greatest whores in American political history. McConnell's family, Biden's family, and Feinstein's family. Peter Schweitzer's done the best reporting on some of this. But I want to take you back to the Wall Street Journal, June 3, 2019, James Freeman, who is a terrific writer. And he says, if you think investors, workers, and consumers are eager for China to stop stealing intellectual property and for the United States to stop hiking tariffs, imagine how Joe Biden and Mitch McConnell feel. Family and business ties forged at a time of friendlier U.S.-China relations are bound to attract increasing scrutiny as both prepare to face voters in 2020, that is Biden and McConnell. Former Vice President Biden is currently the frontrunner for the Democratic presidential nomination, while Republican Senate Majority Leader McConnell seeks re-election in Kentucky. For them and for all of us, the possibly hopeful news from the weekend is that the Chinese government says it wants to resolve the trade dispute. Turns out that was wrong. Turns out that was wrong. 
U.S. Secretary of Transportation, Elaine Chow, who's married to Mr. McConnell, is the subject of a long piece in the New York Times about her family's, American family's relationship with the Chinese government. Ms. Chow has no formal affiliation or stake in her family's shipping business, Foremost Group, but she and her husband, Senator Mitch McConnell of Kentucky, have received millions of dollars in gifts from her father, James, who ran the company until last year. And McConnell's re-election campaigns have received more than $1 million in contributions from Ms. Chow's extended family, including from her father and her sister, Angela, now Foremost's chief executive. Foremost has received hundreds of millions of dollars in loan commitments from a bank run by the Chinese government. Foremost, though a relatively small company in its sector, steel, is responsible for a large portion of orders at one of China's biggest state-funded shipyards and has secured long-term charters with a Chinese state-owned steelmaker as well as global commodity companies that guarantee its steady revenues. Much of the New York Times report tracks earlier reporting by Peter Schweizer, whose 2018 book, Secret Empires, is mentioned in the Times account, along with detailing the ties of the Chow family to the Chinese government. The book also noted the overseas business pursued by Hunter Biden, while his father was vice president of the United States. Business that often involved countries where his father played a significant role in diplomacy. And speaking of the New York Times, the paper recently reported an overseas business pursued by Hunter Biden and an associate named Devin Archer. The Times reports that their work in China and Ukraine, quote, concerned a business partner of Mr. Biden and Mr. Archer, Christopher Hines, the stepson of John Kerry, who was then Secretary of State. And the paper adds that Mr. Hines thought their work created the appearance of selling influence According to a person familiar with the conversation, Mr. Hines, who was not involved in the China or Ukraine efforts, began decoupling his business interests from those of Mr. Biden and Mr. Archer. Now, if their work bothered a friend and business partner, perhaps it'll bother voters as well. It's not clear what value Hunter Biden adds when he does deals overseas. But while his father was vice president, he seems to have been treated in China as a financier of the first rank. Shortly after Hunter Biden traveled with his father to China board Air Force Two, the younger Biden's firm, Rosemont Seneca, scored a business coup. And by the way, none of this, of course, was mentioned in either Democrat debate. In 2014, the journal's Chow Deng reported, a consortium of foreign and Chinese private equity firms is aiming to raise about $1.5 billion to invest abroad, while the yuan dominated portion of the fund to be converted to U.S. dollars through Shanghai's free trade zone. By the way, I don't expect you to follow all the specifics, but I do want you to get is a, is a broad picture of how these politicians, these policymakers and their families are making fortunes with their ties to the communist Chinese government. Republicans and Democrats. The fund launched by Chinese asset managers Bohai Industrial Investment Fund Management Company and Harvest Fund Management Company, alongside U.S. investment advisory firms Rosemont Seneca Partners and so forth, started fundraising in the second quarter and has raised its target to $1.5 billion from an original $1 billion plan. Participating in such a deal, which 
Hunter Biden did. It was not a privilege extended to every firm, noted the journal. The Bonhai Harvest Fund is likely one of the biggest Sino-Foreign collaborations in private equity to take advantage of the free trade zone's benefits in converting yuan to dollars they could be invested in foreign companies. The funds are raising a combination of yuan and U.S. dollars, and normally China restricts free conversion of its currency. The deal was perhaps also remarkable because, to that point, much of Hunter Biden's expertise lay in the business of influence rather than investing. In 2013, the New York Times wrote, until 2008, Hunter Biden, son of then-Senator Joseph Biden, lobbied Congress regularly. The Washington Post reported last year that 56 relatives of lawmakers have been paid to influence Congress since 2007. And while the House and Senate passed rules to limit some lobbying, the House left enough wiggle room for parents and children of lawmakers to still lobby. Biden and McConnell. There's more to this. And I will add in Dianne Feinstein when we return. Since its founding in 1844, Hillsdale College has provided students with sound learning of the kind essential to preserving our civil and religious liberty. Now, I want to tell you about Imprimus, the free monthly speech digest of Hillsdale College. Imprimus is dedicated to educating citizens and promoting civil and religious liberty by covering important cultural, economic, political, and educational issues. First published in 1972, Imprimus is one of America's most widely read publications in support of liberty. With more subscribers, 3.9 million, than the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times. And recent Imprimus publications have addressed issues like free speech, the regulation of big tech, mental illness, and the American medical insurance system. And because America's founding principles are so important, Hillsdale offers Imprimus absolutely free of charge to anyone who requests it. That's right. You can subscribe to Imprimus for free. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to visit Imprimus.Hillsdale.edu for your free subscription. That's Imprimus, I-M-P-R-I-M-I-S dot Hillsdale dot E-D-U. Welcome to Hillsdale. Fortune in campaign contributions. Joe Biden's son, a fortune in finances. Mitch McConnell's in-laws, a fortune from steel and shipping. All from the Chinese Communist government. And Dianne Feinstein, who for years was the chair of the Senate Intelligence Committee. And now I believe still on that committee. I'll probably have to carry this through the bottom of the break, but I, as I continue to do my research 20 years ago, a piece in the L.A. Times by Glenn Bunting. On Capitol Hill, Senator Dianne Feinstein has emerged as one of the staunchest proponents of closer U.S. relations with China, fighting for permanent, most favored nation trading status for Beijing. At the same time, far from the spotlight, Feinstein's husband, Richard Bloom, has expanded his private business interests in China to the point that his firm is now a prominent investor inside the communist nation. For years, Feinstein and Bloom have insisted that they maintained a solid firewall 
between her role as an influential foreign policy player and his career as a private investor overseas. But such closely coinciding interests are highly unusual for major figures in public life in Washington. And now as controversy heats up over improper foreign influence in the U.S. political process, because the Chinese government was uh, pouring millions of dollars into the Clinton campaign at the DNC that time, the effectiveness of the firewall between those interests could be called into question. This is what amazes me. All the attacks on Trump because of Russia influence, he can't find one bit of it. But China's all over the place. After he was interviewed by the Times about his China business, Bloom announced that he will donate future profits from his personal investments there to his nonprofit foundation to help Tibetan refugees. In 1992, when Feinstein entered the Senate, Blum's interest in China amounted to one project worth less than $500,000, according to her financial disclosure reports. Since then, her financial activities in the country have increased. Remember, this is 20 years ago. In the last year, that would be 1996, a Blum investment firm paid $23 million for a stake in a Chinese government-owned steel enterprise and acquired sizable interests in the leading producers of soybean milk and candy in China. Blum's firm, Newbridge Capital LTD, received an important boost from a $10 million investment by the International Finance Corporation, an arm of the World Bank. Experts said the IFC backing typically confers legitimacy and can attract other investors. Seems to be going quite well, Rashad Kalani, who in 1994 managed the IFC's carpet, uh, uh, capital markets. There also was some comfort in that Mr. Bloom had some contacts with China. Meanwhile, Feinstein's role in U.S. policy toward China expanded. In January 1995, she became a member of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, giving her a prominent platform for her efforts in supporting China's trade privileges. Since 1995, Feinstein has made three visits to confer with senior government officials in Beijing. Again, a reminder, this is 20 years old. She's done a hell of a lot more since. Her husband, Bloom, excuse me, Blum, has accompanied her each time at his own expense and has attended many of her meetings with President Zemin back then and other top Chinese leaders at unusual degree of access for a private businessman. So, Feinstein's husband, Biden's son, McConnell's in-laws, the Chinese pour millions into the Clinton campaign. I'm not done. Because now China has ICBMs aimed at our country. I'll be right back. You know, our nation's oldest colleges were founded to teach students to seek truth, recognize what's beautiful, and hold up what is good. But the vast majority of them have abandoned their missions, locked in the grip of political correctness. They no longer allow free and open discourse. Rejecting the idea of objective truth, they peddle moral and cultural relativism. Thankfully, none of this applies to Hillsdale College. For almost two centuries, Hillsdale has remained true to its original mission, to provide sound learning of the kind essential to preserving civil and religious liberty and intelligent piety. Now, as Hillsdale celebrates its 175th year, it remains committed to offering its students the very best liberal arts education in the land, as well as to extending its mission nationwide through its many outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. 
These include free online courses, the publication of its Free Speech Digest and Primus, its Kirby Center for Constitutional Studies and Citizenship in Washington, D.C., and its Barney Charter School Initiative, which is helping to establish classical K-12 charter schools nationwide. Pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844, this is Hillsdale College. And let me add, I think so much of Hillsdale College. I donated an original copy of a compilation of the Federalist Papers, which sit today as I speak at the Kirby Center. Hillsdale College, America's College. The only show with a warning label for liberals, The Mark Levin Show. Call him now at 877-381-3811. Well, I want to continue this a little longer, ladies and gentlemen, because this is the second greatest threat we face in America is China. The first, of course, is the radical progressive movement and their destruction of the American culture and civil society from within. We briefly touched on Bill Clinton, on Joe Biden, on Mitch McConnell, and now we're working on Feinstein. From this piece in the L.A. Times 20 years ago, Feinstein said this week that her Senate position in no way has affected her husband's business in China. She said that Blum has never sought to exploit her influence or access to increase his opportunities in China. My husband has never discussed business with Zemin, never would, never has. Said Blum, somebody will have to explain just how I have benefited because my wife goes over to China. But experts on China question whether someone in Bloom's district, excuse me, how someone in Bloom's distinct position could strictly insulate his interests when he's so prominently involved in the China market, is visibly associated with a leading friend of China in the Senate, and has access to inner circles that other entrepreneurs do not. In China, everything is personal, said Arthur Waldron, professor of strategy at the Naval War College, and an associate of the Franklin, uh, Fairbank Center for East Asian Research at Harvard. That's how business works, personal contacts, friends, and friends of friends. Ross H. Monroe, co-author of the recent China policy book, The Coming Conflict with China, said, There's no doubt in my mind that if Dianne Feinstein had a pattern of taking positions on U.S.-China policy that Chinese officials disliked, Mr. Blum would have had a great deal more difficulty in doing business in China and probably would find it impossible to do so. Already, federal investigators have detected that the Chinese government might attempt to seek favor with Feinstein. Last year, again 20 years ago, she was one of six members of Congress who received warnings from the FBI that China might try to improperly influence them through illegal campaign contributions. No, 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 they just put a spy in her car, remember? There's no evidence Feinstein received such contributions... And it goes on. It goes on. This is why it is so difficult to reign in Washington, D.C. It's so difficult to reign in Washington. You know, they talk about Elijah Cummings. There are two ethics complaints against Elijah Cummings' wife. And they assert that there is a conflict of interest with her and her husband. He's a very powerful man who oversees a very powerful committee. The House Government Oversight and Reform Committee oversees everything. And these ethics complaints suggest that some of the contributions that her for-profit and, excuse me, that her non-profit and for-profit entities receive uh, 
are companies and businesses that come before a husband's committee. Something that hasn't been explored much in the media either. But when you look at this, when you look at this, it is, it is a grotesque violation, I think, of the duty of these public officials. You're supposed to even reject an appearance of a financial conflict of interest. In each case, there's money. The Clintons, Biden, McConnell, Feinstein, and her husband. What the article doesn't say is that Feinstein benefits from whatever money her husband earns in China, too. And look, folks, China is a genocidal autocracy. They're not going to let just anybody invest in there. They're not going to let just anybody have access to its markets. But that's exactly what it's done in this case. It's let certain people with certain connections who they believe can help them. And it has endangered this country. It has endangered us. Getting the technology to fire off ICBMs and to merv those ICBMs during the Clinton administration. Bill and Hillary Clinton, I'm going to say it, I don't care, would sell out this country in two seconds, and they did. Same with the nuclear control over nuclear material to Russia while Hillary Clinton was Secretary of State. They leave office and have earned an estimated 240 to 250 million dollars a year. Mitch McConnell is married into enormous wealth, and the money from his in-laws are used to to improve his lifestyle and help his campaigns. Lunch bucket Joe, the guy for the little man in the unions, while his son is making a fortune as some kind of a financial investor and advisor when he has no background in it. And Diane Feinstein, I've always felt that she is the Manchurian senator. Always, always promoting trade, foreign policy initiatives and so forth that would help China. But don't worry, she's not influenced by anything. This is the great scandal, not Russia collusion, because there was no Russia collusion. This is the great scandal that needs to be investigated. How top politicians in this country, mostly Democrats, but some Republicans for sure, especially McConnell, have done enormous harm to this country, in my humble opinion. It's just my view. And now China is a grave threat to the United States, the gravest foreign threat that we have. The gravest foreign threat that we have. It's giving support to Iran. It's giving support to North Korea. It's working with Russia. It controls both ends of the Panama Canal. It now has key water ports in North Africa. Gaining water ports south of our border in our hemisphere. Whatever happened to Monroe Doctrine? Whatever happened to the Monroe Doctrine? It's also China, in part, that gave technology to Pakistan so it could build nuclear weapons, which it has done, and with which they threatened India, and gave North Korea, as did Russia, 
technology. And all of them are trying to give Iran technology, particularly China and North Korea. Then when you look at on top of that, this, of course, was not discussed at the Democrat debates. Clinton, Biden, Feinstein. McConnell will never be brought up by conservative hosts or writers other than Schweitzer or broadcasters. Because they'll praise him, you know. He's, he's really something, this McConnell. So China gets armed. North Korea gets armed. Pakistan gets armed. And now Iran. A complete sellout. Now Iran is on its way to getting nuclear weapons. And I'm telling you it's on its way to getting nuclear weapons. Number one, the Obama administration helped fund it with a deal that will go down in history as a suicide deal. But also I'm getting very, very concerned about the world's response to Iran. Very concerned. There are additional pressures we can put on Iran, but we choose not to. The only way to stop Iran from getting nukes and aiming them at our cities is in fact for that regime to fall. Now, I'm not saying the president should announce that that's what he wants to do, and I'm not saying we need a full-scale war. I'm tired of dealing with the comic book commentators and the Mickey Mouse heads uh, on the the pink, uh, code pink Republican and the left-wing Democrat side. They're going to get us all killed. Like the so-called pacifists, as Hitler was rising. The Blame America First crowd. Joe Kennedy Sr. was making nice with Hitler while he was ambassador to Britain. Even FDR had to yank his chain and bring it back here. Where he, he would become head of a new organization that they set up called the Securities and Exchange Commission. Because FDR said, I need to put a crook in charge of that because he'll know how to find the other crooks. China's also influencing movie making. China's also influencing our universities and colleges. But that's not my point. My point is the the affirmative steps or the affirmative decision not to take steps, which has brought us to this point with China and is now bringing us to this point with Iran. I am not at all clear. This will offend some of you, but so be it. What our policy is today towards Iran. I'm not clear. I think the sanctions are very, very important. But for some reason, there are other sanctions that could be put in place that we're not putting in place. I'm not talking about military. I'm talking about economic, trade, commercial, which is exactly how Reagan took out the Soviet Union. I don't think we should be afraid to defeat Iran without firing a bullet. And we can defeat Iran without firing a bullet. However, if it shoots missiles at us, we need to take out their missile sites. And you see, if you express a common sense view like this, we have these clowns in the fringe of the Republican Party and these clowns in the fringe of the Democrat Party. Well, you must be a warmonger. No, not a warmonger at all. I don't support war war at all. I don't like war at all. Why would I? That's insane. 
But as I said the other day, that's like the left using the word racist. You know, I don't think we should pay reparations. That's because you're a racist. You know, I don't think we should allow Iran to get away, but that's because you're a warmonger. Same level of intelligence, actual stupidity. And this whole Iran deal, which is really what the Democrats want to put back in place, Rand Paul wants to put back in place, uh, Gabby Zabby or whatever her name is, she wants to put back in place, is a disaster. It basically arms the Iranians. But even I will, will make the point that if you kill the Iran deal, which we have, you must be prepared to deal with the consequences of that. So if Iran, 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 tomato, tomato, so if Iran is going to press ahead with nuclear armaments, what's your plan? Well, we'll sit down and negotiate with them. I'm not comfortable sitting down and negotiating with a terrorist state that has killed thousands of Americans directly and indirectly and has lied about every single agreement it's ever entered into that has violated every single UN requirement. Negotiate with them about what? See, they believe their greater moral authority allows them to lie in the interim because we're irrelevant. We're worse than irrelevant. I just hope now, where the Iranians do not have nuclear-tipped ICBMs, that my dear friend in this administration doesn't wind up leaving office, hopefully after six years, not, not two, with an Iran that has ICBMs with nuclear warheads. That's my great hope for the sake of the nation. I'll be right back. Every human being has a common problem. How do I live well? Our happiness and well-being depends on how we answer that question. Hillsdale College President Larry Arn argues that the best book ever written on this subject is Aristotle's Nicomachean Ethics. And a new free online course from Hillsdale College shares Aristotle's teachings That will help you lead the most complete, happy life possible. Register for this free course, Introduction to Aristotle's Ethics, How to Lead a Good Life, featuring lessons from the greatest self-help book ever written at levinforhillsdale.com. In just 10 on-demand videos, each only 30 minutes long, you'll learn how to confront the chief obstacles to happiness and make the choices that build good character. Aristotle presents a guide for securing a virtuous life. And if you take this free course from Hillsdale and heed Aristotle's advice, your life will change for the better. You can learn how to lead a good life just as every Hillsdale College student does. It's yours for free at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. It's like Afghanistan. People say, we've been in Afghanistan for 19 years. How much longer can we be in Afghanistan? Now, I think that deserves a good look. I don't have any problem with that. I believe our foreign policy should be prudential. Not ideologically driven. Oh, you must be a neocon or an interventionist. No, 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 no. But let us not forget, 
on 9-11, we were attacked from Afghanistan. And again, these fortune cookie lines don't cut it with me. You see, ladies and gentlemen, here's the funny thing. Our enemies, they don't judge things the way we do. They don't say, you know, we've been here 19 years. uh, let's, Let's end it. Is that the way the communists in China see things? No. Is that the way Al-Qaeda sees things? No. Is that the way any of our enemies see things? Well, it's been 19 years, you know. How much longer are we going to do this? That's not the test. The test is if we're making a difference. If we can make a difference, what else is necessary? The costs in terms of uh, lives and casualties as well as resources, you know. But that line, I mean, how many more of these things are we going to, let me tell you something. It's been a lot worse. Read up on World War II. Read up on the Vietnam War. Read up on the Korean War. Read up on World War I. Maybe even the Civil War. Totally different, but still. It's a long damn war, four and a half years. I can hear the Revolutionary War. I can hear the uh, code pinkers back then. Oh my God, it's been five, six years here. That's a war that went over, went on for over eight years. The point is, either it's prudentially worth it or it's not. Then you hear the line, well, that's 7,000 miles away. What the hell does that have to do with this? I don't know. Maybe a missile can fly 7,000 miles. An ICBM, a long-range ICBM, that might have something to do with it. This isn't the wild, wild west days with your Winchesters. So the, the people out there who are reading uh, from their comic books and their fortune cookies, they're not relevant to me. If there's a reason to be in Afghanistan to protect us, then we ought to be in Afghanistan. If there's not, then we shouldn't be. Then we shouldn't be. And you can't negotiate with everybody. I would tell this president or any president, you can't make deals with just anybody. We should learn that from history. Could you make a deal with Hitler or Stalin? Well, they're both dead. But you know what I mean. Arafat never kept the deal. Castro in Cuba, he never kept the deal. They all lie. If you're a fascist, a communist, a terrorist. You know what? I'm going to sign on the bottom page here and date it. We'll get it certified and notarized. Everybody has their lawyers. Okay, it's been executed. I mean, does anybody really think that's how the Taliban conducts itself? Or ISIS or anybody else? No. No, I don't think so. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello everybody, Mark Levin here, our number 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811, we will continue on... The issue of the first hour, several others as well. It's Friday. We don't hit the brakes. We hit the gas pedal. Please don't forget, this Saturday, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 
Not one, but two former attorneys general. Ronald Reagan's attorney general, Ed Meese. George W. Bush's attorney general, Mike Mukasey. We're going to discuss the Mueller hearings. As you know, the program was partly preempted last Sunday. And um, the first half hour rated enormously high. It was very popular. So you'll get to watch the entire program. I hope you will. Sunday, a brand new show with Neil Ferguson, who's incredibly intelligent. We're going to discuss China and Russia. We're also going to discuss socialism versus capitalism. I think you'll find it interesting. It's not the kind of TV show that you normally watch because it doesn't really exist elsewhere on television. PBS tries to do it, but they can't. We do it. 10 p.m. Sunday on Fox on Life, Liberty, and Living Eastern Time and 7 p.m. Pacific. I hope you'll watch. Also, please, if you haven't gotten your copy of Unfreedom of the Press or you have a family member who needs to read it or a friend or a neighbor or you're going to see somebody this weekend, give them a copy. I actually buy copies myself and hand them out. Did you know that, Mr. Producer? It's important. The substance of the book is important because one of the grave threats we we face in this country is the lack of a truly free press. And by that, I don't mean government intervention. I mean what's between the ears. We have an ideologically driven progressive press, a social activist press. That's why you see all these radicals and so forth. That's why you hear other hosts on TV and radio now stating something they never stated before because they read my book, that the media are leading the charge. The media are leading the charge. And you see this in growing tyrannies, growing despotic regimes. That's what happens. This issue about, well, how long are we going to fight? I hate to tell everybody this, but the battle between liberty and tyranny is permanent. It takes on different looks, different methods, different adversaries, different enemies, domestic and foreign. But the, the, uh, the evil and diabolical schemes to destroy liberty are forever. That's what the human mind, that's what mankind tells us what history tells us and we have to be mindful of this and sometimes it takes just organization to battle it sometimes it takes ideas to battle it sometimes it takes a military to battle it it just depends on the situation doesn't it it really is so bizarre when i hear how much longer will this go on we don't dictate that we're the ones defending liberty We don't dictate how long this, that, or the other thing is. And may I make another suggestion to you? If we talk about specific theaters and wars. Part of the reason some of these wars go on for a long time is because we don't fight to win them. Have we fought to actually defeat the Taliban In Afghanistan, I'm not even talking about nukes. We have such military might. I'm not even talking about infantry. Look at the Vietnam War. Did we really fight that to win? No, we didn't. So the problem is, in many respects, the commander-in-chief or politicians or whomever is involved in making these decisions. 
not the fighting men and women. But we don't live in a fantasy world. There are terrorists, there are communists, there are fascists, there are all kinds of enemies and genocidal maniacs out there. I want to move on to Elizabeth Warren. Believe it or not, this is the Boston Globe. Warren releases financial report. Elizabeth Warren, the Harvard Law School professor and consumer advocate. This is from uh, 2012. 2012, okay? It wasn't just released. And consumer advocate, who then was challenging uh, Scott Brown, took home more than $700,000 in compensation from teaching and consulting fees over a two-year period from 20. 10 to 2011. Over that same period, she was collecting a six-figure salary for two consecutive federal government appointments over the same period. She earned 165300 from September 2010 to August 20. I'm getting to a point to August 2011 as an advisor to Obama. Before that, she collected a total of 192000 for leading the congressional panel that oversaw the U.S. bank bailout. Those numbers were not required to be in her financial disclosure, but they were provided by her campaign. Warren has pitched her campaign as a fight for the middle class, which she says is left behind in the recession, while the financial industry has been protected. Within Warren's $700,000 in teaching and consulting fees, his $44,000 payment she earned in 2010 as a consultant for Travelers Insurance Company, for cases involving asbestos victims. You understand that? She was paid by travelers to fight asbestos victims. For the little guy. Just saying, and I'm not opposed to, I mean, they, they have to have representation too, but she doesn't present herself that way. Despite her claims, you don't need to be a Harvard professor to know that insurance companies don't hire big-time lawyers because of their interest in protecting the little guy said Jim Barnett, a spokesman for the then-Brown campaign. Here's the bottom line. Here's why I started this. She earned over a two-year period, as Katie Pavlich has tweeted out, $400,000 to teach one class. As Elizabeth Warren closes the night with complaints said Pavlich the other day, about the cost of college for students. Just remember, she was paid $400,000 to teach one class. Sure, it was well worth it, Mr. Producer, aren't you? $400,000 to teach one class? They just know how to rip off the government. They know how to use the government to line their pockets, whether it's China, whether it's this. It's just unbelievable. It's sickening. And this is what I mean about an unfree press. How come not a single question was posed to Elizabeth Warren about any of this during two debates in which she's participated in now? Not one. Not one question. Now, the left is very upset that their hero, Barack Obama, was criticized by other candidates. So you're not allowed to criticize Obama. The media is disgusted with it. I, I can't believe that they would attack Obama. They're supposed to attack Trump like we do. Obama's to be protected. And by the way, he's still building this monstrosity 
in a historic site in Chicago. And there are complaints by the community left and right in local newspapers there. And again, the national media could give it to them. Well, that's, that's, uh, you know, that's Obama. Here is Rebecca Buck on CNN today. Apparently she knows Obama, or at least claims to. Cut three, go. As you know, Obama has been trying to stay out of this primary as much as possible, keeping quiet, not making any endorsements, even with his former vice president, Joe Biden, in the race. But privately, Obama, our CNN colleagues are reporting, is expressing exasperation how far left the party is moving, some policy issues, and of course, with uh, some of the things he did when he was president. Now, of course, primaries are all about the legacy of the last president, uh, where the party is moving. It's no secret that the Democratic Party right now has been moving far to the left policy-wise. Now, this is an attempt to paint Obama as just a left-of-center Democrat. Obama destroyed our health care system. He destroyed our immigration system. He all but destroyed our military. He sought to destroy our police forces. He turned the Constitution inside out. He loaded the courts with left-wing kooks. Is there anything he didn't do that was damaging to the country? You know, uh, Obama's very exasperated right now with all the left-wingers running for office. I talked about this all the time, and again, it's in my book, which is they move the center to the left all the time. So now Obama and Obamacare and his policies were moderate. Or left of center. And now we have all these kooks, you see. All these kooks running. Now he was a kook, too. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Do you wake up in the morning feeling sluggish and have to drag yourself through your day? Do you feel bloated, tired, and out of shape? Eating healthy is a habit. But most of us don't really know exactly what we should be eating, right? How much we should be eating and how to properly prepare it. This is why I drink Field of Greens every morning before I start my day. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA certified organic fruits and vegetables. Helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Now this is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com and get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. Now, you know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. Uh, uh, this election, the feeling most people get when they hear a Barack Obama speech, my, I felt this thrill going up my leg. I mean, well, I don't have that too often. Steady. No, seriously, it's a dramatic event. I think he meant a stream going down his leg. And last night, he had another feeling. Cut to go. The historic nature of Barack Obama running in 08 and 12 was so dramatic, I can understand why people who have cut people of color who don't normally vote, think it's all BS or whatever, showed up because it was so thrilling. I mean, I was thrilled. And I think I get thrilled thinking about what happened in 08. It's still thrilling to me. It was thrilling what he said in 04 at the convention up in Boston, Obama. Hmm. 
as the spittle drips down his chin and onto his loafers. You cannot attack Obama. The media will have none of it. And so they bring on a clown like Rahm Emanuel. Rahm Emanuel, ladies and gentlemen, was a ballerina for a period of time. Did you know that, Mr. Producer? Of course you did. I've been mocking him for years. And he cut off one of his fingers when he was working at a deli. Did you know that, Mr. Producer? I believe it's one of his four fingers or his middle finger. But he cut off part of one of his fingers. Uh, there's no story there. He just did. I, I don't know if he put it in, his, in you know, between two pieces of bread and sold it. I don't know what he did with it. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, uh, Rahm Emanuel was on Fox Business today. Now, this is a failed mayor. A failed former mayor. A disaster. And he is furious that their idol, Barack Obama, is being attacked. Cut four. Go. In a way, by taking a shot at Joe Biden, there was also shots taken at President Barack Obama, the most popular Democrat in the country, because Joe Biden was his vice president. That struck me as a little odd, and they seem to spend more time. You could, you could strike the word a little. Okay. The guy's at 90-some-odd percent among Democrats. Is the most successful. Excuse me, excuse me. And Trump's at 90-some-odd percent among Republicans, isn't he? Upper 80s, low 90s? Anyway, go ahead. Progressive, prolific president who had an incredible chief of staff, let me just say that, <laughs> since the Great Society. What are they doing? Well, whoa, 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 whoa. Since the Great Society? Go ahead. Obamacare wasn't enough, and he no, deported no, no. too Can many, say, here, too many just, immigrants. Let me just say this. A little history. Mm. We all love Social Security of the Democratic Party. You know when it was originally proposed and passed? African Americans couldn't get it? From Franklin Delano Roosevelt, the icon of the Democratic Party. Come on. You build on things. Was Medicare... Isn't this fascinating? Do they talk about the founders this way? Look, they founded a free nation. Okay, women couldn't vote. Blacks couldn't vote. But come on. Come on. You know, we build on things. Do they talk that way? No. You know, we had internment camps under uh, Franklin Roosevelt. Come on, come on. We build on things. Come on. Roosevelt, New York Times, Washington Post, they're covering up the Holocaust. I mean, we build on things. Come on. Come on. All right. Back to the creepy ballerina. Go ahead. 65 when uh, Lyndon Johnson passed it, the Medicare today was part A, B, C, and D all there. You build. So, that, so this is this is either we have a lot of young people that don't know history or I'm going to start talking to the institutions of higher education, start teaching people. Really, real really. You're going to teach history. That'll be fascinating. Go ahead. Every element of progressivity from literally uh, Wilson and Teddy Roosevelt. Okay, to Wilson. Now there's your, your white supremacist. But they like Wilson. He gets a pass. See, we're building on progress, progressivity. We're building on progressivity, ladies and gentlemen. Forget about, you know... Those who support liberty. No, we Democrats are building on progressivity. And if he really understood history, why wouldn't we start like before the Civil War about the Democrats? Go ahead. The Great Society and Forward builds on the progress of generations before for generations to come. This is nuts. This is nuts. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're constantly building Bigger and bigger government, more and more centralized government, more taxes, more regulations. 
See, this is nuts. I think it's hilarious, actually. Then we go to the morning schmo. He's very upset. He watched this rally with Trump in Ohio yesterday. He's very upset. I told you they were poised to attack. There was very little they could attack, but Joe Scarborough, low IQ and all, the deliverance banjo player on the bridge, he attacks anyway. When he talks about he, he's talking about Trump. Cut seven, go. He has not proven himself capable of being disciplined for more than a day or two. He can give the norm. Look who's talking. Look who's talking, clown. And you know damn well what I'm talking about. Being disciplined? Go ahead. He will go and give an interview on Fox News with the crosses of the dead from D-Day behind him and launch the most uh, just inflammatory, uh, terrible... You know, I've come to the conclusion that the president has a stalker here in Joe Scarborough. A true stalker. Everything the president does, this guy is staring at him. He's hiding behind the bushes, looking in the windows. He is obsessed with Trump, and he's stalking Trump for the purpose of, you know, trying to attack Trump. Go ahead. ...attacks uh, against people in the United States. So he can't, he, he just, he's incapable of doing that. I will say, Caddy, the thing that last Caddy? Night... Who the hell's Caddy, Mr. Producer? Hey, hey, uh, you know what, Caddy, uh, he's got quite the team there, doesn't he? Plagiarists and sexual harassers and uh, and other clowns and fools and buffoons. Go ahead. ...showed, and it was a great, I think, I think it was a, a, a great comparison with what the Democrats were doing. It showed that here was a guy that strutted across the stage. He, he, was, a being, he was being a demagogue, I would say Mussolini-like. Uh, just just picking at racial there you resentments. go it's Mussolini like to have a rally and to speak at the rally now when you watch the 10 Mussolini's up on the stage during the Democrat debate no 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 they're not Mussolini like no no or Obama the way he would speak in five days we will fundamentally transform America no 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 that's not Mussolini like no President of the United States speaking to supporters at an arena. Now that's Mussolini-like. Joe Scarborough, ladies and gentlemen. America's clown. I'll be right back. With a daily fake news dump pouring through your TV, mobile phones and computers, you may have missed some real news like the recent study in the journal Cell Metabolism. Scientists suspected a correlation between growing rates of obesity and processed foods But what this study discovered was that these foods also appear to lead people to overeat. Here's the bottom line. You need fresh fruits and vegetables in your diet, which is why I recommend that you start taking Field of Greens by Brickhouse Nutrition. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA certified organic fruits and vegetables. It helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. This is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, that's BrickHouseLevin.com, and you'll get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. 
You know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. The Mark Levin Show, live and national at 877-381-3811. Let's slip a call in here first. Let's go to Scott St. George, Utah on the Mark Levin app. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, Mark. I really appreciate you taking my call. Thank you. you the, the thing that really amazes me, and you hit the nail on the head, the term Code Pink Republicans might be one of the best names that you've ever come up with because it's accurate. I mean, I feel like I could turn on CNN or MSNBC and the same exact opinions being put forth by those guys. But since when do we go into war, as you talked about earlier today, with a, with a number in mind? I mean, so... Uh, whether we've been there 19 months or whether we've been there 19 years, does it really matter? Have these people ever heard of forward operating bases? I mean, it's almost like some of these people have not even studied history. And I'm talking about supposed conservatives. And so I just want you to know how much we out here in your audience appreciate the fact that you are willing to be uh, constructively criticized the White House and anybody else for that matter. But isn't it a matter of it's either right or wrong? I mean, when you hear about conservative populism, which I hear often, conservative populism, what does that mean? It's either conservative or it's not. It's either constitutional. First, first of all, as you know, those words don't work together. Because that's like saying, I believe in republicanism and democracy. Those words don't work together. Because we do not believe in mob rule. We do not believe by, in rule of the plebiscite. We believe in unalienable rights that are God-given, not given by the vote, not given by a majority or a plurality. So that never has made any sense. I believe in the Berkey and trusteeship. You know what that is, Scott? That is, and uh, I, I looked this up when I was 13 years old. That is, when you're elected to public office, you take into consideration... Obviously, what your constituents want, what a majority of your constituents want. But they elected you for your judgment, and they can unelect you if they think your judgment is bad. And so while you take into consider, in consideration the popular view, in the end, that's not what a leader and statesman does. A leader and a statement, statesman takes a position that must be lawful, you know, within constitutional confines, but takes a position based on the information that person has, on what their constituents wants, and so forth. Otherwise, we don't need officials. Just give us computers, and we'll all just vote all the time. Exactly. Well, I just hope that you understand that as all these people I like, but even, even Tucker Carlson ripping John Bolton. I mean, he's ripping John Bolton. He brings Tulsi Gabbard on uh, to talk about her views on Afghanistan. And basically, he sits down with the president, and he talks to people on his show. Honestly, I I, like since it. I'm on the air, I don't get to watch many of these things. I didn't even... Well, I was, go. We can deal with Iran, but under no circumstances can we put boots on the ground or go to war in the Middle East. What kind of negotiating tactic is that? Under no circumstances can we do this. The American people aren't for this. He didn't run on this. His, his base doesn't want to do this. It's like, wait a minute, slow down. Can we not... But, but Iran has done things since the election. To provoke America and to provoke other things. So what what are we supposed to do? Have a as I say, what a, a plebiscite? I think John Bolton and 
The Secretary of State Pompeo are fantastic. I'm glad they're talking to the president. But Scott, let me tell you something. You bring up John Bolton. John Bolton is the target of Iranian propaganda, of the Iranian foreign minister. And so when you hear Rand Paul sound like the Iranian foreign minister meeting with the Iranian foreign minister and trashing John Bolton more than he trashes the Islamo-Nazi regime in Iran, that is a problem. I totally agree. I like Rand Paul for his economic policies. He couldn't be more wrong. I like Tucker Carlson. He's ripping John Bolton on the public airwaves, and I just wish he would stop. He's got I, honestly, I didn't know that. But anyway, all right. Multiple times. He brings Tulsi Gabbard on, who's a nut. Okay. Oh, I respect her. She's not as bad. She really is a nut. I mean, I know who she is, and of course, uh, depends on the dictator and so forth. Um, she has a very odd sense of American foreign policy. And I know she's a veteran. There's a lot of veterans out there who disagree with her. Thank you. And I, he brings her on to promote her as somebody who's rational. He did it again last night. Well, All right. I, I don't want to sit there and beat up on, uh, on Tucker. It's not fair because he's not here. I actually like him a lot. Uh, but, I, but I hope they're not just trashing John Bolton. That, that would be uh, kind of appalling. All right, my friend. Thank you for your call. Hey, Scott, are you still there? Yes, sir, I am. I'm going to send you a signed copy of Unfreedom of the Press. Don't hang up. I appreciate it. By the way, there's a handful of signed copies left over at the Premier website. I don't even know what the website is, but if you Google Premier and my name, it'll pop up, I believe. I only think there's like a couple dozen of them left. Uh, I don't know what Amazon's doing, but I want to... PremierCollectibles.com. I want to... Uh, really... I want you to take advantage of what Amazon's doing. Maybe somebody's asleep at the switch. I'm quite serious about this. It's still 52% off. $13.44 for a copy of Unfreedom of the, of the Press. I mean, that's incredible. See, I want the price to keep going down because I want as many people as possible to have it. It's not about money to me. It's about the message and the mission. Let's continue. Joseph, Fort Worth, Texas, the great WBAP. Go. Hi, Mark. Uh, you had made a, a comment earlier about people, you know, getting tired of fighting. Uh, where are we going? Well, no, my, I, my comment is I don't understand the comment that is uh, that the basis for uh, withdrawal or whatever it is, is this has been going on long enough. Well, I, I, don't, understand, I don't know what that means. If we have a, have, have a dire enemy, a grave enemy. Maybe we're not fighting the war right, or maybe there's something else, but they're not going to go away just because we go away. So I, I, I wanted to share, as a combat veteran, I'm very— Thank you for your service, sir. I, it was an honor. Uh, the loser gets to decide when we stop fighting. The winner gets to decide how and why. And I just wanted to say, as long as there's people who will— who, as long as the forces for tyranny are interested in fighting against liberty, those of us who are fighting for liberty continue to fight. When they get tired of fighting, they quit fighting, then we, then we stop. Let me ask you a question. What do you say to people who say, well, that's 7,000 miles away, or 8,000, or 10,000, or 11,000? What do you say to them? Uh, the attackers on 9-11 were all from Saudi Arabia. How many miles away is that? Good point. And they hit us from where? Afghanistan. That's right. And uh, the Third Reich, what, was that in Kansas? 
And that cost us an enormous number of lives, World War II. Do we agree that we should have fought World War II? It was absolutely worth it. We had to. And yet, that was thousands and thousands and thousands of miles away. That's where most of these wars start. And the goal is to keep them off our shores, is it not? Yes, and the lessons learned from World War II were that if we get involved early, it won't cost as much life. That's a great point. People waited and waited. We had the code pink Republicans back then, too, you know. And the uh, Democrat isolationists, too. Look, I'm not Lindsey Graham. I like Lindsey Graham. I'm not a radical interventionist or like Marco Rubio, everything. Get in, get in. I'm not that. The word I use in foreign policy, again, is prudence, not ideology. The problem I have with Rand Paul is he's driven by ideology. The problem I have with uh, Bernie Sanders, he's driven by ideology. That's not the way to look at these situations overseas. They're not ideological. Either you're going to be a national security issue or it's Americans' interest or it's not. All right, Joseph, I want to thank you for your service, my friend. Let's see. Oh, I don't understand this. Jim, Las Vegas, Nevada, on the great KDON, KDWN. What is your question, sir? Hey, Mark, um, love your show. Got my copy of Unfreedom the Press. My question is, you don't like the budget being signed, right? The, what Correct. The bill that just passed on our budget? Correct. But you had a guest on saying, and I agree with you, that the Obama tore our military down and we have to protect ourselves against China. I have a kid yes. in the military yes. and I want him protected and I need a defense budget. Well, sir, look, look, you're a smart guy. We can have a defense budget without blowing a hole through our budget, can't we? We can have a defense budget. The defense budget is a small percentage of the federal budget, isn't it? It's a tiny percentage. Yeah, we can, but Hold on. $700 billion out of a $4.3 trillion budget. I'm not even talking about entitlements. Now, the Republicans controlled the House and the Senate before this last election, as well as the White House. It's called prioritizing. We don't have to destroy the country from within and burden your, your hero son and his eventual children and burden this nation so much that we, we unravel from within because financially we destroy ourselves. We have to get off this, this Obama budget cycle. We're not hamsters. We got to get off the hamster wheel. We got to prioritize. We need to slash this massive bureaucracy. Slash it. It's out of control. Meanwhile, the defense budget is supposed to be the number one priority because it's the number one priority of the federal government. Tell me, sir, who do you hear saying these things? You uh, see, you. in a republic, right, if you're going to persuade people, you've got to make the case, don't you? You've got to yeah. make the case. Why was our defense budget underfunded, and what did that mean? And we should have talked about that. On the other hand, why are these other agencies and departments absolutely bloated? So you've got to make the case to the American people. You've got to build the case to the American people. We have to prioritize. It's not every dollar in defense, we get a dollar in a massive welfare state. And by the way, when they take over, it never works that way. It's a dollar in a massive welfare state and three cents to defense. Go ahead, I'm sorry. As you you would like to say, these left-wing kooks still need to vote for, you know, to get some of the bills passed because we don't have a supermajority. You, you, you have to do what you have to do, and you have to fight for these things, and you have to make the case. 
you know, we wouldn't even have the Strategic Defense Initiative, all these defensive missile systems now that everybody brags about, unless Ronald Reagan had fought for it. He had to shut down the government to get initial funding for that. He didn't say, oh, oh, well, you know, we'll, we'll massively increase uh, this in order to get that. He had to shut down the, the government in order to get the, uh, the Trident MX missile system. Right, I agree with in, you. In order, in order to take on the Soviets. You understand right. what I mean? We need to take on China. Yes, I do, and I, I, I agree with you 100%. We need to take on China without bloating our budget and build our military. So, so, so we may have to fight it out for a couple months, right? So. Yeah. I agree with that, yeah. Mm. All right, Jim, listen, I want to thank you, and please thank your son for us, okay? All right, thank you, Mr. Levin. All right, God bless you. China's on the move, Iran's on the move, Russia's on the move. The Democrats are on the move. Government spending is out of control. Legal immigrants are walking across the southern border by the tens of thousands. None of this is talked about in some coherent, substantive way. Only on a surface level, if at all. And so we're focused on so much that isn't true. For the last week, on Donald Trump's racism, which is a lie. His tweets weren't racist. He's not a racist. Nothing of substance. Only pontificating by Democrat mouthpieces in the media about pseudo-events. Now, you loyal Levinites, you know this already because you obviously listen to my radio program. You all care about what is really going on in the nation. You care about the actual threats facing our great republic. You don't get caught up in propaganda being spewed by the Praetorian Guard media. You want pure, unadulterated facts. The great news is that the place already exists. It's called Levin TV. And I'll give you commentary around those facts. And I'll admit, that's my commentary. But it's pro-American. A little different. And we're unlike anywhere else. On Levin TV. And we're only beholden to you, Levinites, patriots, those of you who love this country. So I would ask you to join me. Join me. Reject the phony news. As well as catch up on all my past episodes, over 630 episodes. Go to LevinTV.com to sign up right now. That's L-E-V-I-N-T-V.com. LevinTV.com. Sign up today. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. If you have a moment, I want you all to go to BrickHouseLevin.com. Just go there and click on the Buy Now button so you can read the reviews. Over 1,200 five-star reviews, I might add. But this one caught my attention from Steve in Denver. I'm upset with Mark because he's got me hooked on Field of Greens. What a great product. Thank you, BrickHouse, for your amazing product and great customer service. I'm a monthly subscriber, and I won't live without it. And you're welcome, Steve. And subscribing is smart. You save money that way. Field of Greens is made with real USDA organic fruits and vegetables and helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Plus, they offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee or your money back. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN. Get 15% off your first order with promo code LEVIN. That's BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN, promo code LEVIN. You know, folks, here's the thing. 
you can retain your conservative principles and still strongly support this president. He's conservative in many, many ways. And in terms of conservative principles, I mean, look at George W. Bush or George H. W. Bush or Nixon or Eisenhower and so forth and so on. None of them were perfect conservatives. Even Reagan wasn't a perfect conservative. And so you look at the at the president of the United States, and I look at him, and I think he's doing a hell of a job, particularly given how his party undermines him, particularly given the 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 poison of the Democrat Party and the media confronted against him, these entrenched forces and the bureaucracy. But that doesn't mean you can't raise issues, which is what I do. There's no bigger defender of this president when it comes to the Constitution and so forth than I. And I celebrate when he is advancing the causes of liberty and constitutionalism and national security. But I also comment when I think I'm not exactly clear what's taking place or I disagree with what's taking place. Because even though we're not his official advisors, we are the people and we get to have a little input too. But I don't do it to sabotage him. That's the difference. I don't do it to attack him. I do it to be helpful and to be supportive and advance the cause of liberty. So there's no conflict here. We can have a rational, uh, decent discussion about issues. Don't have to just salute or attack. Period. Period. You know, the folks at Bolin Branch are feeling really flattered right now. Ever since their family business became the industry leader with the world's most comfortable sheets, seen a lot of imitators making similar promises and even repeating words from their ads. Now, I would know this. I get this even on this radio program with my own show. But no one can duplicate the quality of Bowling Branch cotton. That starts out soft and gets softer and softer over time. These are $1,000 sheets for a couple hundred bucks, and the only sheets loved by hundreds of thousands of Americans and three U.S. presidents. That's why 97% of customers surveyed said they sleep better on Bowling Branch. But you won't find in them any, you won't find them in a big box store because they're not there. Starting this summer, you can get 100 nights to try absolutely risk-free. That's a big deal for sheets. And shipping is always free. And right now you'll get $50 off your first set of sheets at BowlingBranch.com with promo code MARK. That's the key, the promo code. It's spelled B-O-L-L and branch.com, promo code Mark, for 50 bucks off. So try them right now. That's com, promo code Mark. Will, Farmingdale, New York, the great WABC, go. Mr. Levin, we are constitutional conservatives. Therefore, we don't always agree with each other. We are not Democrats that just fall in line. We argue. We debate. We argue with each other. Our principles are the same. But at times, like you said, we are not perfect conservatives. So we will disagree. You don't see that in the Democrat Party. You Even some of these governors I felt bad for on the stage where they were just like, how far left are these lunatics going to go? Well said matter of time before their party falls apart well hold on now i sure as hell hope you're right because it needs to anyway go ahead listen his numbers in the black community his numbers in the latino community my wife's from south america Mm -hmm. okay she is a naturalized citizen she now is registering to vote 
me and my wife don't agree about much, but there's one thing we agree about. Trump has done a much better job than we had anticipated. I thought it was a choice between shooting yourself in the head or the foot. So I voted for Trump saying, okay, Hillary's the head. It's a death shot. I'm not taking that shot. I am pleasantly <laughs> surprised. I am pleasantly surprised with how well he has done. And I, I agree with you. I could not agree more. He's done very, very well, particularly under these really, really troubling circumstances. We'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Well, isn't this fascinating? From our friends at the Free Beacon. California removes arrest reports from Kamala years. Have you seen this, Mr. Producer? Routine website redesign obscures Democrats' record on criminal justice. A redesign of the California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation website will make it harder for voters to inspect Senator Kamala Harris's controversial record as the state's top cop. Now, let me just say this. Apparently for the left today, if you prosecute people and they turn out to be criminals, uh, there's something wrong with you. I've never seen anything like this. I've never seen anything like this. The Democrat debate. Did they ever mention victims, murder victims, rape victims, assault victims? Not once. The criminal is more noble than the victim. The illegal alien is more noble than the American citizen. Let's continue. The department removed public access to a number of reports on incarceration in the state, including when presidential candidate Kamala Harris was California's attorney general. Twice a year, the CDCR releases information about the number of new individuals incarcerated in the California prison system as part of its offender data point series. These reports provide important information on demographics, sentence length, offense type, and other figures relevant to criminal justice and incarceration. Now, until recently, these reports were publicly available at the CDCR's website. A search using archive.org's Wayback Machine reveals that as of April 25, 2019, the most recent index date, ODP reports were available dating back to the spring of 2009. As of August 2019, that's this month, the same web page now serves only a single ODP report, the one for spring 2019. The pre-2019 reports have disappeared. The changes matter in part because the reports contain information about Harris's entire time as state attorney general, 2011 through 2017. Harris has taken fire from multiple opponents for her tough-on-crime record as California's top cop, an image that she has tried to shed as a far-left senator and presidential candidate. One particularly brutal attack came from, we know, Tulsi Gabbard, Assad's favorite cabinet for president. 
Making our website fully compliant was a significant and ongoing undertaking, says Jeffrey Callison, CDCR Assistant Secretary for Communications. It required a redesign of the look and feel of the website and a need to evaluate all the thousands of documents and other files that were linked to our website. Don't you know? He said the older reports are still publicly accessible and that some information was only temporarily removed. Problem is they're hard to find. Hey, look, guys, we've updated our website to help Kamala. I mean, to make it user-friendly. Now... Daily Caller, liberal watchdog group that targeted Google and Devin Nunes paid Fusion GPS $140,000 for research. This one I just saw. This is a big deal. Excuse me. A liberal watchdog group that has investigated the Trump administration, Republican lawmakers like California Republican Devin Nunes, and Google paid Fusion GPS nearly $140,000 last year, according to tax documents filed with the Internal Revenue Service. The payment by the Campaign for Accountability. Oh, sure. Another front group. The Campaign for Accountability was for research on an unknown project. We know about Fusion GPS. Now, this group, CFA, was formed in 2015 by several former employees of the Responsibility and Ethics in Government in Washington, called CREW, another left-wing watchdog group. That group describes itself as a, we're a nonpartisan, nonprofit watchdog organization that uses research, litigation, and aggressive communications to expose misconduct and malfeasance in public office. Now, this group, CFA's 140000 payment to Fusion GPS, for what was for work as an independent contractor, according to CFA's Form 990. That is their tax return. The document does not reveal the date of the payment, and CFA's donors are not disclosed. CFA filed numerous ethics complaints and lawsuits last year while publishing reports criticizing Google and BlackRock, the largest investment firm in the U.S. Now, CFA has two, and it goes on and on and on. But what's the point? They've targeted, among others, Devin Nunes. And they are linked to Fusion GPS. Now, that's obviously important. Now, why is that important? Only Jim Comey wouldn't know that and Joe Scarborough. Because now Fusion GPS has some link, some kind of role in trying to take out Devin Nunes. That's how I see it. How do you see it, Mr. Producer? I think Mr. Producer is eating a steak sandwich. I don't think he's listening. No, he said it's, he agrees. And of course, that to me seems to be the basis of this. Very important. Now, violence continues, ladies and gentlemen, against Trump supporters. We have Antifa. We have others being beat up on the streets. Very little serious national news coverage. Pretty incredible, isn't it? We just want peace here in the uh, liberal liberal world. We uh, we you know we don't believe in these uh, aggressive tactics. And uh, you know, isn't the president like Mussolini? Don't you think? Anyway, Jahanger, Jahanger Toran, known as John, he's on Fox Five New York yesterday. 
And I saw a picture of this guy, and he was beaten to a pulp for wearing a Make America Great Again hat. Cut 13, go. I was walking on Canal. It was some sort of event. Uh, and uh, I got jumped from wearing this hat. And started cursing at me. You know what I'm saying? Trump hat, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, basically, one kid took my head and bashed it against the scaffolding pole. It all happened within 10 seconds. I jumped out across the street and I called the cops. And this is my situation right now. Is that a hate crime? No, of course not. Even though this gentleman's obviously a minority. Well, we don't listen. Was it a racist attack? No, of course not. He deserved what he got, right? Anyone see this on CNN? Well, first of all, nobody watches CNN. But has anybody heard if anybody's seen this on CNN? No. How about MSLSD? Maybe Al Sharpton will have it on his... Does he still have a show, Mr. Producer? On his weekend show. Yes. Which is very, very popular. Uh, Actually, nowhere. So what do you think about that, ladies and gentlemen? And when you see a picture of this guy, I think I saw him on Right Scoop. I mean, there's even a question whether his eye socket is broken. Ten seconds it took. And it was a, a gang of teenagers. Because he's wearing the hat. Now, people like Jim Acosta aren't going to talk about this. They're sitting there waiting at the president's rally last night. Come on, come on, say something. Say something so we can trash the president and his supporters. Say something. Think I'm kidding? Think I'm kidding? Here's Jim Acosta last night on CNN. Cut eight, go. Uh, Anderson, so far that chant has not uh, been heard in this crowd here in Cincinnati, Ohio. The president did say at one point uh, that he could talk about certain members of Congress on the Democratic side, uh, but he's not going to do that. He's not going to mention them by name because he said he doesn't want to cause any controversy. But Anderson, I think the interesting thing uh, that we saw almost at the very beginning of the speech from the president is when he came out and he celebrated essentially what happened over the last two nights uh, during the Democratic debates. First of all, this guy's way of talking is a complete grotesque turnoff secondly he is now elaborating upon something when nothing happened but let's listen in go ahead spent more time attacking Barack Obama than they have Donald Trump. Uh, that was essentially a sign that the president felt uh, that Democrats were doing uh, his work on his behalf. Now, I will say uh, the president uh, went on to attack some of the Democrats in the field. He went after Elizabeth Warren at one point, uh, but he also attacked Joe Biden, Vice President Joe Biden, uh, suggesting uh, that the vice president has lost. It's amazing. Time. He's doing a report even before the president has finished speaking. There's your scene. You're all CNN. Go ahead. Said at one point during the remarks at this rally uh, that uh, future President Biden could have his advisors around him and put any piece of paper in front of him and that he would sign it. Uh, that's almost a direct quote. So the president going uh, further than I've heard before and really attacking uh, Joe Biden's mental acuity. Oh, he's attacking Joe Biden's mental acuity, ladies and gentlemen. How dare anybody do that? How can you not? As I said the other day and posted on my social sites, Joe Biden is the Bob Mueller of the Democrat Party. You understand what I mean? Watch the question. Joe Biden's mental acuity. Now, the president's mental acuity has been attacked relentlessly by CNN and the rest of the mob media. 
They brought in phony experts who never spoke to the president in their lives, who had degrees and taught at Ivy League schools and wrote phony books. And they repeatedly had these clowns on TV to tell us about the president's mental state. Now, Joe Biden has slowed down considerably. He was always slow, but he slowed down even more. He was always three steps behind. Now he's a football field behind. It's all right, whatever. I hope he's their nominee. I'm rooting for him. Uh, But that said, don't you dare make any even inference about Joe Biden's mental acuity, even though everybody sees there's a problem. He's slow. He's slurring. He's not even responding in some ways rationally. No, 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 don't mention that. But Trump, mentally ill, mentally unhinged, white supremacist, white nationalist, neo-Nazi, Klansman, anti-Semite. What else? Hitler, Stalin, Mussolini. Now, Joe Biden's mental acuity. Hey, that's below the belt. Don't mention Joe Biden's mental acuity. Can we mention the lack of it? I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Did I tell you folks we're doing Bark in the Park? Not this Saturday, but next Saturday again. I will tell you about that. A little bit more detail before we leave the program and next week. I love the event. People bring their dogs. There's also dog adoption agencies there. We try to help as best we can. But first, I want to tell you about Elisa Slotnik. Ever hear of Elisa Slotnik? No? Well, according to our friends at the Free Beacon, freshman representative Elisa Slotnik, Democrat, Michigan, is Jewish, as am I. That's all we have in common, nothing else. Freshman representative Elisa Slotnik, left-wing kook, Michigan, said at a Jewish Democratic summer conference that Republicans only oppose anti-Semitism because they want money from Jewish donors. Now, I want you to think about that. Here's a Jew talking about money from Jewish donors, and that's the only reason Republicans are criticizing anti-Semitism. That in and of itself is an anti-Semitic statement. There's been a lot of discussion for the past nine months or so, eight months, about anti-Semitism, She told an audience in Michigan last Sunday, we have what I believe is a full-on attempt by the Republican Party to grab a different community and bring them into the fold. And I will just be very honest, right? They're not looking for our votes because we are a relatively small community. They're looking for our donors, right? You know, the rich Jews. I added that. They're looking for our donors and they're trying to sway us. Now, Slotkin, who is Jewish herself, and spoke favorably of the blanket resolution House Democrats passed in March to condemn anti-Semitism and other forms of hate. But she will not condemn Talib and Omar directly. I think people feel the need to be very clear about what we mean by anti-Semitism, how it affects us, and that there's just such a dramatic increase in anti-Semitism in events and violent events that we just feel the need to be vocal about it, she told the, New York, the Detroit News. Slotnick would not, however, answer specific questions in May 
whether Representatives Rashida Tlaib and Ilhan Omar should be censored for their anti-Semitic remarks and tweets, according to the Daily Wire. Slotnik is supported by the liberal advocacy group. No, it's not a liberal advocacy group. It's a self-hating, phony Jewish group called J Street, which regularly publishes anti-Israel policies. The group drew praise in 2018 from the president of the Palestinian Authority, President for Life, Mahmoud Abbas, who expressed his appreciation for their efforts to support the priest process within American society. And the Slotnik, Slotkin, excuse me, won support from J Street in 2018 largely because of her vocal support of the Iran nuclear deal, which she built support for while working at the Department of Defense. Oh, isn't that swell? Isn't that swell? She was an Obama Department of Defense fraud. She's tied in with this group, J Street. You ought to Google this group, J Street. Clever name, isn't it? It's a real uh, fifth column for the Israelis. It's a real fifth column for the Jewish community. Radical leftists, self-haters, in my humble opinion. So why wouldn't Slotkin criticize Talibah? And Omara by name. Why? Because she's a radical leftist. And nothing gets in the way of her ideology. Nothing gets into the way, way of her ideology. She's a disgrace in so many ways. Now you know who Lisa Slotnik, Slotkin is, Democrat Michigan. Mr. Producer, would you invite Elisa Slotkin on the program? She doesn't look particularly bright, so she may not know who I am. Oh, sure, I'll go on radio. I'd love to talk to him. Who is he? Well, he, he just wants to ask you a few questions. Oh, okay. We'll see. Elisa Slotkin. If you can talk to J Street, you can talk to me. Absolute nut job. All right. Let's see here. Let me see my callers. Why is it that when I go to the screen, it always collapses? All right, here we go. Quickly, E. Frank, Astoria, Queens, New York, WABC, go. Yes, uh, hi, Mark, uh, Professor Levin. I want to ask you. you this question. I don't usually yes, call too much your show, but and I'm yes. a Democrat, and yes. you have stated very clearly that you have to be smart to uh, state the facts. But yes, yes. I don't want to sound like a cheap liberal or an ignorant human being. E. Frank, being. you're very intriguing this evening. Why don't you hold on, and we will take your call after the break, okay? Thanks. Ladies and gentlemen, that's E. Frank. Now, he used E. Frank before there was email or e-audio or anything else. His parents were way ahead of the ball game. They named him E. Frank. And we'll be back with E. Frank in just a few minutes. Levin, speaking to the four out of five Americans who are literate at 877-381-3811. We're going to be getting back to E. Frank in a moment. That's actually his name. He's been with us many, many years. I want to remind you on Sunday at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific, Life, Liberty, and Living, we have a tremendous show. And the Saturday, the rerun, because half the show was preempted last Sunday, that's at uh, 7 p.m. Eastern. 
4 p.m. Pacific, I guess, uh, with uh, Attorneys General Ed Meese and Mike Mukasey, the 75th and 81st Attorneys General of the United States. Absolutely fascinating. I also want to remind you that, shockingly, uh, you can get Unfreedom of the Press now on Amazon.com now for $13.44. That's it, 52% off. And if you have Amazon Prime, you can order it if you order it in the next hour or so, and you'll get it delivered tomorrow for free. So I want to encourage you to jump in. Well, Mark, I already have a copy. I know, but you can get a copy for the holidays. You can get a copy for your family, for a friend. Push the message out, a birthday. Um, wonderful summertime reading. You may have another cause for, to get another book. And those of you who haven't gotten it yet, I think if you look at the five-star ratings and actually read them, they're absolutely incredible. 2,066 comments, 96%, 96% five-star. You won't find that anywhere else. And let's see, what else? So if you'll act quickly on that, I think that would be wise. Also in the podcast, I don't say this enough. The podcasters are always promoting their podcasts. Well, I'm a podcaster too, and I never promote my podcast. Here's what you do. It's very simple. And you can listen to the show anytime, day or night, any of the past shows too. Go to my radio homepage. That's marklevinshow.com. It's that simple. marklevinshow.com. You'll see the homepage, and up near the center at the top, you'll see a spot that's called Audio Rewind. Just click Audio Rewind, and it'll take you to the podcast page, and then you choose what form of podcast you want to listen to us. Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Stitcher, three examples. So you really should, you know, go ahead and, and download that onto your iPhone or your Android or whatever other device you have, and you can listen to this show at any time you wish, as well, of course, on radio and satellite and live streaming. But our podcast is growing by leaps and bounds. It's really a wonderful thing to watch. Here's the other thing. We've just done some research on this. I don't even know if I'm allowed to tell you this. It's a backstory, but I like telling you backstories, don't I? Our audience on radio and our audience on podcast are really almost completely different audiences. Did you know that, Mr. Producer? A lot of them have about a 30 40% overlap. Some people who are mostly podcasters and go on radio, they bring a lot of their podcast audience to radio. What's happening on my podcast is it's building an independent audience. So approximately 90% of my podcast audience is not my radio audience. And 90% of my radio audience is not my podcast audience. Now, sometimes maybe you folks will listen to the podcast as opposed to radio. That's really cool. You know, maybe you don't have access to it. Or maybe it's taped to later. Maybe it's preempted. And that's what podcasting is for. But it really is fascinating. And so we are growing hugely on our podcast, which is over 3 million a month. Now think about that. Over 3 million a month. On radio, over 8.5 million. On satellite, we have no idea because they don't tell us. We have no idea on any other platforms like live streaming and so forth. So if I had to guess, I'd guess we have 14, 15 million listeners a week. Easily. Easily. When I go to Israel, it's an amazing thing. And I go to the Western Wall. My name is often called out, Mr. Producer. Did I tell you that? 
because they listen to the show on, a, on the podcast. I mean, podcasting is international. Or they download the show off of one of our local stations. Maybe it's WBAP, maybe it's KRLA, maybe who knows what it is. Maybe it's WABC. And they listen that way through that stream. It's, an, it's really a remarkable thing. So uh, we've got this whole podcast going on uh, that I don't talk about enough. So let me just repeat it again. And maybe, Mr. Producer, you can put it up there today or at some time this weekend. You go to marklevinshow.com. That's my main website. You'll be on the homepage. Look, near, look at the top, near the center of the homepage, at the top, and click on Audio Rewind. It'll take you to the podcast page. Then you pick what kind of podcast you want to listen to. That is, which platform. Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Stitcher, which is very popular and getting even more popular and so forth. We'd love to have you. Take us with it. Take you with us. And if you're shopping this weekend, say you're at Costco, books, uh, uh, Barnes & Noble, I love Barnes & Noble, Walmart, any other bookstores, any other warehouse stores, grab your copy of Unfreedom of the Press or just hop on to Amazon.com where they are discounting the hell out of it. And right now it's number 10 on Amazon.com. I can't tell completely, but it looks to be the second or third on the nonfiction side. I, I love it when people write things like, well, his book must suck. They must not be able to get rid of it. That's why they're discounting it. That's not how it works. That's not how it works at all. My book must be failing, ladies and gentlemen, since we have now sold hardcover, e-books, and e-audio well over 400,000 units, speeding towards half a million. And we're really doing it quietly because other than me on radio, is anybody else pushing it? No. So you are doing it by, by word of mouth. My loyal Levinites are doing it. You're pushing it out there. You want people to get the message. You know we need to understand this in the battle ahead because the real battle, unfortunately, is with the unfree press. And I'll give you another example. It's a prediction. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong, and I don't even like making predictions. The media are going to grasp onto something, grab onto something the president tweets or says over the weekend. We're going to have another round of hysteria, controversy, provocation, and so forth and so on. That is media pseudo-event, a fake event. Every weekend, isn't that what happens? Every weekend, typically on a Saturday. Then they run it on the Sunday shows. They've got their system down. They've got their model down. Okay, we expose all this in unfreedom of the press. Let's continue. Tom. Cape Coral, Florida, the great WSKY. Go. Mr. Levin, thank you. Yes, sir. I just wanted to say amen to everything you've said tonight. Thank uh, you. Have it be said again. It's awesome. And I can't wait. I got guys working, guys. I'm construction. We all, the garage doors are open. We're waiting to hear Ray Charles. It starts oh, our you. weekend. It starts our weekend every week. You're we very, blast. very kind. It's great. <laughs> it, it, it's terrible. It's terrible when you're not there. We got to plug in the YouTube and try getting it together, but it don't work. 
Wow, so that's... It, we're, we're all excited that you're here, and we're going to be a blast. Tom, thank you, and don't hang up. We're going to send you a, a signed copy of Unfreedom of the Press. Thank you very, very much. You know, our, our nation's oldest colleges were founded to teach students to seek truth and to hold up what is good, but the vast majority of them abandoned their missions long ago. Locked in the grip of political correctness, they don't even allow open discourse anymore. They peddle moral and cultural relativism and reject the idea of objective truth. Not Hillsdale College. For almost two centuries, Hillsdale has remained true to its original mission, to provide the sound learning that is essential to preserving civil and religious liberty. And it is headed by one of our nation's great statesmen, Dr. Larry Arn, a personal friend, a brilliant man. And as Hillsdale celebrates its 175th year, it remains committed to providing its students the very best liberal arts education in the nation. Hillsdale also remains committed to offering you opportunities to learn about the many blessings of liberty so you can do your part to spread the word and preserve them. And they offer you free online courses and their free monthly speech digest of conservative thought called Imprimus. Hillsdale extends their reach through their Kirby Center for Constitutional Studies and Citizenship in Washington, D.C. And if you get to Washington, please make sure you visit it. And the Barney Charter School Initiative, which is helping to establish classical K-12 charter schools nationwide. Pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844, this is Hillsdale College. One of the things I brought up this week and pushed hard was school choice which should be the great civil rights issue of our time. I am not new to this issue. First as president of Landmark Legal Foundation, and now our president there, Pete Hutchison, we've been litigating for and promoting school choice for decades at Landmark Legal Foundation. In fact, I would argue it's been the leading legal group to be promoting school choice even before it was fashionable among some other legal groups. It was an idea that was hatched by the great Milton Friedman, And many decades ago, I remember being at a little seminar, and it was a relatively small one, and leaving the room, and I hadn't introduced myself to Milton Freeman, as I say, many decades ago, and he was in the hallway, and I shook his hand, and I was nobody. I said, I'm Mark Levin, I'm with the Landmark Legal Foundation, and his eyes lit up, and he said, Landmark, thank you for your pursuit of education, education choice. No sooner have we mentioned it, it's something that the administration is mentioning too and others. This should be our civil rights issue for the urban areas in our communities. Not just for politics, because the Democrats mostly oppose it, particularly the National Democrats, because they're bought and paid for by the NEA and the AFT. This should be our issue. We should be pushing this issue, because it will help a hell of a lot in these various communities. I'll be right back. Look in the mirror. Do you wish that double chin would just disappear? Newsflash, ladies and gentlemen. People look at your jawline because it tells your age. Here's Cheryl from Fort Wayne, Indiana. Wow, the very first time I tried it, I could immediately feel the tightening sensation. I've been using it for a week, and the results are very visible. My jawline looks so much younger. 
Now, using MDL technology in Chamonix's proprietary base, Genesel's new jawline treatment specifically targets the delicate skin around the neck and jaw for tight, healthy, younger-looking skin. Now, this is important. Results are guaranteed or 100% of your money back, no questions asked. So call now, and the classical Genesel for bags and puffiness is free with your order. And to start seeing results in 12 hours or less, Genesel Immediate Effects is also free. No double chin, no turkey neck, no sagging jawline, because no one needs to know your age. Call 800-SKIN-604 or go to Genesel.com. Get your two free gifts and free express shipping. That's 800-SKIN-604 or Genesel.com. 800-SKIN-604. E. Frank, Astoria, New York, WABC, quickly, go. Yeah, these debates are slithering into the abyss for the Democratic candidates. It seems like Hillary Rodham Clinton is choosing the topics. And you know, we're suffering here in New York with Bill de Blasio, a man from Massachusetts that is choking our economy. I don't know, but Mark, I think that we're in very big trouble if New York City falls under a, a New York City president again. Well, I agree with you. You have DiCamio there who's undermining the cops. Who He's a disgrace. He's a dork. He's just the worst of the worst. And yet there he is. He gets elected. E. Frank, thank you, my friend. Quickly, Dan, Los Angeles, California, XM Satellite. Go. Hey, Mark, thank you so much for taking my call. I just wanted to call to tell you how much I appreciate you listening to your show. You are a true patriot, um, and I know what you do is hard. You do the hard work. You do the investigative work, and what you present on your show is true and factual. The things that you have done for this country, what you have done... Uh, for the people of the United States as a great service. You are a great patriot. I appreciate listening to your show. And if it were up to me, every one of your books would be required reading in every <laughs> college across this nation. And your show would be beamed, your television show would be beamed into to, Holy uh, grade schools. And um, Are you a relative uh, of mine or what? Guys. No, you are. I, I just love listening to your show. When I listen to your show, it's like after I listen to the you that's on the mainstream media it's like i took a great great shower you are a true patriot and i love listening to well you. thank you dan and don't hang up i want to send you a signed copy of unfreedom of the press how can i not that's like a hallmark card right there isn't it mr producer dan is a very smart guy but he has a very high iq thank you dan and i appreciate that very much i cannot tell you how much i appreciate all you folks it's so true and here is america in your honor
week is officially over and the weekend begins now. Don't forget Sunday, 10 p.m. Eastern, Life, Liberty, and Levin. Don't forget to get your copy of Unfreedom of the Press. We need your help. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, ICE and the Border Patrol. Good night, Spritey. Good night, Griffey. Good night, Pepsi. Good night, Smokey. Good night, Zelda. Good night, Gigi. Good night, Mom. Good night, Dad. Good night, Leo. And ladies and gentlemen, God bless you all. Have a wonderful weekend. I'll see you Monday. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.